0: This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by Liquid Amber Tattoo and Art Collective. Liquid Amber provides custom and cosmetic tattoos alongside a curated art gallery dedicated to celebrating local artists. And their monthly art socials are becoming a can't-miss event in the Vancouver cultural scene. Discover more at liquidambertattoo.com. And stay tuned to learn more about Liquid Amber's call for submissions for a film industry art showcase coming in 2020.
1: This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash live your screen scene podcast.
0: Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Furminger. My mission is to pull back the curtain on Vancouver's film and television industry and expose its beating heart, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom style by getting deep and down and a little dirty with the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. Today, I am so excited, over the moon excited, to welcome Roger Cross to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Roger Cross is my favorite. I told you I was going to do a thesis statement, right? This is the beginning of the thesis statement. Beautiful. You ready? Ready. Roger Cross is my favorite kind of actor, the kind who is so nice in person, but can escape into a nuanced role so well that you forget that there's actually a really nice actor somewhere in there. Brian Markinson does that. Michael Eklund does that, Gabrielle Rose does that, Richard Harmon does that, and my God, does Roger Cross do that. For the longest time, when I thought of Roger, I first thought of Travis Verta, the liberate, time-traveling terrorist he played on Continuum. Travis was terrifying, and I thought he was 19 feet tall. (laughs) But more recently, I think of a very different type of role, that of Donovan Mac McAvoy on Coroner, which is in the midst of airing its second season and for which Mr. Cross was recently, and when I say recently, I mean yesterday, nominated for a Canadian Screen Award. Coroner is based on a popular series of books by British novelist M.R. Hall. It follows the professional and personal exploits of Dr. Jenny Cooper, played brilliantly by Sarinda Swan, an ER doctor turned coroner whose whose husband recently died, leaving her a single mom with a mountain of debt, PTSD, and an ex-soldier lover who lives in a (laughs) treehouse. As for Mac, he's a perfect partner for Dr. Cooper. He knows the ins and outs of law enforcement better than Jenny. He's a realist, He's sentimental, he's got skeletons in his closet, in short, he's like an onion. And it's a pleasure as an audience member to get to know his character. So today, I wanna talk about these characters and I wanna talk about the character behind the character. The man who received acting advice from Lando Calrissian on the set of the final episode of Wise Guy. The man whose lengthy list of credits includes Arrow, Orphan Black, Motive, Dark Matter, and Dirk, Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. And the man who had an entire other career flying planes before stepping into the zany and kinda equally dangerous world of acting. Roger Cross. Hey, that was my thesis statement.
1: Wow! Welcome
0: to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast.
1: Great to be here.
0: Before we continue, yes, there is a disclaimer. Mm-hmm. So, um, regular listeners to the podcast know that we record pretty much in an alley. Uh, <laughs> of, uh, so we're next next to um, the the delivery zone for a very pricey organic uh, grocery store, and the drivers there very angry. Weird. It's, the kale, right? it's, it's delivering the kale. kale. It's, it's delivering I mean kale. the kale I, it, I just feel the rage in me. Um so be, besides that usual beeping and screaming, there's also construction in the office block today and it doesn't matter when I schedule these interviews, it just always happens when I But, I'm doing but it's interview. a cozy studio. Yeah, so it's, there it's will nice. It is. It's nice. We're all sitting on top of each other right now. It's so cozy. Um so besides the usual noise from the grocery store, there will be construction sounds, but we have good mics.
1: Oh, it's so, wonderful mics.
0: Yeah, just it's just it, I don't want to
1: thank your daughter, Mara. She gave me this beautiful Mari, rebel at heart. It's Mara edit yeah. yeah. I don't want to <laughs> thank your beautiful daughter, Mari, for this beautiful coin that she's sent me, yeah, um, she gave me Rebel does, at Heart.
0: Yeah, she does not give Star Wars coins to just anyone.
1: I'm honored and yeah. blessed. Thank you, Mari.
0: Now clean your room, okay.
1: <laughs> that was her, that wasn't me. Yeah,
0: yeah. it should be you, <laughs> come tell her to clean her room. She won't listen to you either. So Roger Cross, yes. first name, last name, who are you? Like when you hear mm-hmm. that description that I just read, my thesis statement, yeah. like how closely does that resemble how you see yourself?
1: I have no clue how I see myself. <laughs> I see myself as a lot goofier than you've probably described.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to see a little bit more of that yeah, now. I'm, I have to, I'm... maybe I'll be revising my thesis statement. <laughs> my thesis uh-oh, statement uh-oh. by the by the end today. Image shattered. Uh, yeah. So we are yes. going to get into a time travel vehicle in a moment. But okay. before we do, I do want to talk, Um, because I did bring this up as somebody who is such a Star Wars stan. Um ride or die for, for Star Wars Millennium Falcon but you oh, actually yeah. did get to work with Billy D. Williams on I that know. final episode of Wise Guy and he did give you some advice so can you can you tell us a little bit about what happened there and oh what my it was God. like
1: it was one of my earliest roles and you know I was playing this thug kid that you know the drug dealer in the school and uh-huh. I was this guy driving a Porsche and you know all kinds of things and I shot the Wise Guy's niece and so he gets involved and um, Billy D. Williams kind of like the lean on me character comes in the school to clean things up and you know at one point I'm there and I'm not even paying attention so he kind of grabs me by the air and throws me out of the school and I'm like get, it, get off me get off me you're dead man you're dead and blah 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 and you know Billy D. is like you know Roger I can I, I can tell you're a nice kid I'm like uh, <laughs> thank you sir <laughs> and, 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 he, and he's like but you know when um when real gangsters tell you you're dead they just say it you're dead and that's it and I was like you're right
0: Wow. Thank you. You know what I mean? Well, and then Travis Verda was born, man.
1: (laughs) Because
0: he wasn't yelling and screaming all over the place.
1: And so I've I've taken that to heart. And it was true. And even in that scene with him, and afterwards there's that boom, and then just like, you're dead.
2: Yeah. And
1: came back to try and kill him. He just meant it. He wasn't threatening it. Because a lot of times the guys that are full of bluster and bravado, they're not really going to do anything. The barking dog syndrome. Yeah. And so it was like, oh man and so it just it's great when you know all these different people you work with and I've been blessed to work with some phenomenal actors and some great people and have learned a lot Mm. and pick up all these little you know nuggets these nuances that you bring to other characters yeah Yeah.
0: I just I can imagine though I mean you said that was one of your very first roles as well to get that advice so early on like that that like, am I correct in thinking that that might that changed the course of of how you approached roles? You know, and and we can we see that in other Almost like if I'm definitely. looking at Travis, am I see am I seeing a little bit of uh, Lando? <laughs> you, you you are honestly yeah.
1: because you know I mean, as I said as like it's kind of like when he's you know when Travis was mad, you knew he was mad, but half the time he was just doing it and he yeah. enjoyed doing it. And he, he as you said, he never yelled, he never did anything. But just with one look, he could terrify you because <laughs> it's one of those things. Right? There is
0: still a part of me. So I've interviewed you before, yes. but never in person. Yes. So it's very strange right now because in my mind, even though I've been, I've been like watching Coroner and stuff and loving yeah. Coroner, but you're still, you're still Travis. And you're not. It's really <laughs> this work is messed up sometimes. Okay, we're gonna do some time travel. Okay. Uh, we're gonna go back in time, and you get to choose the time travel device. Ooh. So we get to. So I'll give you some options. Okay. Um. And then you can you can either choose one of my options or choose one of your own. So okay. the options are uh, the DeLorean, uh, the okay. TARDIS from Doctor Who, um, Superman or the Enterprise, whipping around the sun, going back in time, Bill and Ted's phone booth, or <laughs> something different.
1: You've given me some great choices. And funny enough, I, just before we went on air, I looked at Superman and I me- I mm-hmm. mentioned, you remember when he went backwards yeah, yeah. around the world? And mm-hmm. So I have to choose that because yeah. I talked about it before we went to air and without knowing you were going to ask this question. So yeah. I'm going to have to pick that one.
0: OK, so we're going to so we're I guess we're holding on to Superman's legs or something and he's flying us around the. Son, um, your skin stays it, on, yeah. No, oh. he he protects he us protects somehow. Us. There's, yes. there's some protection because he's Superman. Cape. We're
1: under his cape,
0: yes, of course. And
1: it protects us. Very
0: safe there. Yes. And we're gonna, I, you're gonna set what our coordinates You're gonna tell Superman where to go. I want to meet like, so you're, you're one of your kids is turning nine today, yeah. I have a nine year old, so and I feel like nine is an age where it's like you're you're very like it's a a perfect distillation of your essence you know in a lot of ways right and <laughs> I I think of that when I look at my daughter she has such a good idea of who she is what she wants yeah. like you know heart on her sleeve and and her, her passions are very clear yes you know so and you're they the, are
1: they're so honest yeah, about a lot of that they
0: are so yeah. I want to meet nine year old Roger so where are we going
1: Ooh, nine year old Roger's in, still in Jamaica
0: in Jamaica okay
1: and he oh nice is, yes All he, right. he, he's, he's in Jamaica he is you know in school, he's doing his thing. Oh, my brother would probably kill me for, for, for telling this story. But, like, my, my brother, remember, at yeah, one point, my grandma had to go to Kingston. We lived in the country area. Mm-hmm. And, um, and um, so she had to go there for the day. And she asked my older brother, Anthony, to take care of myself and my younger brother, Gary. And say, okay, make sure you take care of them. You know, and Anthony was 13 at the time. And he's like, all right. And my brother had this Crush on this girl that lived up the road, and Uh-oh. so he was like, "Okay, you guys stay home. I'll be back soon, right?" And instead of us staying home like we were supposed to, we sneak and we follow him. <gasps> we did, and then we went up there, and he went by <laughs> the market, and he picked up these this fruit called a guanab. I don't know if you know what that is. No. This little fruit. It's almost like a lychee, but it's a different version of it. Oh, Jamaica, it so you peel it, and, some and there's stuff. something inside. Yeah, it's kind of oh, like nice. jelly-like, like that. And he picked them up and picked something else up. and we We're like, "What's going on?" And then he goes and you know sees this girl who came to visit. And he's giving her you know the Ginep and the whatever. So and then he's there. All of a sudden, he hears <laughs> from the bushes, and it's the two of us. We were great. We were we were so sneaky. Uh, I don't, he didn't hear us at all. Didn't see us following him. All of a sudden, he's like, "Go!" Oh! He had to leave and take us home. So we totally just wrecked his game.
0: Yeah. 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 Wow. So, yeah. That's cruel, but
1: it is. Sorry, Anthony. He
0: kind of asked for it, though. He, he did. I he mean, was supposed to stay with us. And did Grandma ever find out?
1: No. God rest her soul. Yeah. She won't now. But okay. <laughs> yes,
0: she probably knew. She probably knew. Oh yeah. Grandmas always know. They do. Yeah. So do. So, so um, little Roger, who doesn't listen to his big brother <laughs> and is ruining his game. Uh, what yes. did what did he want to be when
1: he grew up? You know, at the time, I mean. I was considered a really smart kid. I had skipped up two grades. What? And yeah, I would passed the. Can you do the books here before exam. you go? <laughs> I'd like pass. I do payroll exam. here. It's <laughs> like it hurts my brain. <laughs> it's, it, it is true and stuff. So I, I mean, I would passed an entrance exam for Knox College there, and they thought everyone was like, "You're going to be a lawyer. You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be all these things." And I'm like, "Okay," and I was just going along with it. Honestly, I had no clue. I I, I didn't even I had I did not really know what I wanted to do I didn't know what I wanted to do until we got on a plane flying from Jamaica and I saw the cockpit when the pilots were up there and I'm like, oh, i I want to learn how to do this mm. I mean, it got us all the buttons and all the things this is back when they allowed kids in the cockpit yeah. and used to hand us out hand wings out yeah. and stuff you know now sadly that that they don't do that anymore
0: I yeah, well, cool. th- we've had a few times at the end of a flight. Where they've come out. And yeah, get, they, yeah. W- and, you know, if Mari's been a really good girl.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like
0: a reward at the end of the flight to go. Yeah. And and that's been really cool. But, yeah, you never get to, like, peek through. I remember, like, being able to peek
1: through. And, yeah, no, they invited. I, yeah. I got to go in it. You know what I mean? Wow. And do all that. So that was kind of. Yeah.
0: yeah so I and so to, when you were flying over, were you, where were you were you flying to Canada? Or was that like you were going on vacation somewhere? No, or? we were
1: flying to here to Canada, to Vancouver.
0: Wow, okay. Vancouver. So your route then was um, Jamaica to Vancouver. Yeah,
1: we flew through Toronto, spent yeah. the night in Toronto with our aunt. And she introduced us to Mickey D's. And I remember my first bite of a Big Mac and I did not like it. Mm, (laughs) I was like, what is this thing? (laughs) It's salty. It's not seasoned. Yeah. yeah, It was something odd about it. But then we moved on and yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. That's, that's, I mean, that's a lot of new beginnings and stuff. So how old were you then when you,
1: like you saw the
0: cockpit and then arrive in Canada as an immigrant?
1: Well, well, I was 10, almost uh, 10. It was August of of that year. And I was 10, Yeah, almost 11. And yeah, we, we came here and it was like,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, did you have a good um, uh, adjustment period then?
1: I had a great adjustment period. Yeah. I said, I mean, there were five of us kids all together, and so we had each other to to play with, and we Wait, all came you, together. There were five of you. There's five of us. Yes, my old my oldest sister and my other sister had moved here first. Okay. Before with my mom, All right, when she was here working. And then the um, the boys we were in Jamaica still with my grandma. Yeah. And then we came up later. Yeah. And it was one of those things where it was just we had each other to play with, and we, we went, it was a great neighborhood. We I remember like even the first few days there, some of the neighborhood kids came by the house and said, um, "Your kids want to come play soccer." I think their dad told them, "Go ask the neighbors' the kids to come play soccer." Yeah. So they know they asked us to come play football, and so we're like, "Yeah, we're gonna play some football." So we ran up there, and they had this weird looking ball. <laughs> <laughs> and I was we're like, that's not a football. They're like, yes, it is. And we're like, that's not football. Football's round. You, They're like, oh, no, that's soccer. We're like, we're be, huh, what? <laughs> so, it's,
0: that's so weird, we right? Know. It's weird. It's weird that, like, North America, just two countries, the only two yes. who call football soccer. soccer.
1: And soccer, football. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. no, they yeah. don't. Because you use your hands more so in football. Yeah. But it was a marketing thing.
0: Yeah. So, what was the north? What? Where? Did, uh, Simon, edit that. No, we'll keep that because I always sound like a fool. Um, <laughs> what, what neighborhood was this, then? Where'd you land? In,
1: in Burnaby. Okay. We're in Burnaby, and it was on Willingdon Avenue. Remember
0: oh, that? oh, Willingdon Peak Down. Burnaby. Yeah. Peak That's real, Burnaby. <laughs> real Burnaby. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, so you're you're in school. You're going through school now. A lot of people who sit in that chair yes. have spoken about um, that. It's in high school where the passion for the arts and acting got the handout for the acting uh, where that's first unleashed because it's you know the first exposure to like drama class and, and theater kids and stuff was that a similar experience for you or like what role did the arts or acting play in your life at that point
1: I, I, yes, in school, I took drama classes and really enjoyed it. And um, I did church plays and stuff oh, yeah. like that. We were church going kids mm-hmm. and we sang in the choir. And, you know, we do the family band thing. You know, my brother was on the guitar and my sister would the little piano. We'd sing. You had a family things, band? We kind of did. We wow. did. We were that okay. corny group, corny little thing that we'd do. And yeah, and, and that was always there. But also, you know, we're very. Practical and logical, you know, very British influence and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We with practical things, so I never imagine acting as a career. It was never a. Are thought. you
0: saying a career in the arts is not
1: practical? <laughs> not in the slightest. <laughs> not in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> the intelligent folks won't even bother with it. The, the purely logical, it's not for you. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's crazy. It's what a crazy you, world.
0: I mean, I do want to get into flying in, in a second, but mm. you know, um, the you know, I I myself am not an immigrant, but I am the child of of immigrant and married to an immigrant, and yeah. it's just like, um, and I, I and we've had a lot of of immigrants in that chair as well, or the children of immigrants, and talking mm. about you know when you were growing up in an immigrant family, yeah. that it's a kind of it, it can impact the choices you make Definitely. in different ways. So like, tell me about that, about having that like immigrant mom and immigrant like lens and how that, you know, helped you make decisions, especially like, okay, so we're, we're in your late teens then, we're making some yeah. decisions then about what we're going to do with our lives. Yes. How, what part do you think that played?
1: You know, it, it played a great part, but I think part of it too is, you know, my mom's a very stubborn woman. Yes, you're listening, mom. You're very, very stubborn. Love you. That is uh, a
0: compliment.
1: It's a compliment. In this room. It's a, but, but, um, as I said, they were very practical, very practical, very logical. You're gonna do this, you're gonna be a doctor, you're gonna be a lawyer, you're gonna be that, blah, blah, blah. And I said, No, I wanna be a pilot. Mm-hmm. So I looked through, you know, what I had to do to become a pilot, went through that whole process, and then the acting thing, when we get into it, well, you know, kinda of started happening. I'm like, No, I really love doing this. Yeah. And even after I was on my first series, first wave, my mom would still introduce me, and say, Oh, this is my son Roger, and he's a pilot. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> he's like Act, what acting what are you talking about as they would say, said when are you gonna stop that foolishness and I was like <laughs> you know what I mean and, and so uh, if, if I were I don't know to, if that's
0: an auntie saying it but aunties they have the same kind of phrases in every culture you know uh, no, that's my mom
1: and my grandma <laughs> yeah. saying when are you gonna stop that foolishness you know uh, you know what I mean and it was one of those things where if I guess I guess she showed me to be you know stand by what you want and be stubborn and be strong and say, no, this is actually what I really want to try and yeah. do. Um, but at the same time, if I listened to her, I wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And so and, you know, that whole idea, as I said, could be logical and practical, it just makes sense. You know, I heard my grandma say, oh, just be a banker and then if you don't want to do something, you know, something yeah. concrete. So that way you put food on the table, you yeah. blah, 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 blah. But so, it sounded
0: like you wanted to enjoy yourself as well. You know, the, the fact that it was like that you had seen what the pilot does, you know, at that formative yeah. age of 10, and you're like, I wanna do that. Like, I'm assuming like it's with acting too, it's like chasing a yeah. a feeling as well.
1: Oh, definitely. You know,
0: And I know that we don't put a lot of value, or maybe like, I mean, our parents had different stuff that they had to deal with, frankly, than what we have to, oh, but like, God. you know, that wasn't a priority, you know, yeah. if, and in, in their hierarchy of needs, and yet, like I see, like I'm trying to kind of put that into my daughters, like do, do what you love, yeah. you know, and, and, it will the rest will follow and do what you have to yeah. do to to chase that feeling and
1: and as you said you know we were blessed that we came up at a different time yeah. than our immigrant parents and us yeah. you know because my mom had to work to put food on the table for us kids and Five stuff like kids. that and her and dad yeah. and then they split up and things like that but you know she was working her butt off to do this and so she's very practical get that job yeah. so you can provide and you can do the right thing etc cetera, etc cetera. but it also Helped me when I became an actor. Mm. I was also very practical when I did it. I'm like, okay, I want to do this, but I also want to, you know, make a living. And so I was willing to do other jobs yeah. and work because, you know, I'm, no point in sitting there going, I'm an actor and not <laughs> and starve somewhere. Yeah. You know, but when, at least you're an actor. At least you're an actor. Yeah. You know, I was an actor, but I also wanted to make it make sense and, yeah. you know, be practical about it and logical about it and said, okay, this is what I need to do, you know. Went to Breck Academy and did that, and then you know did some improv workshops, did writing workshops, did different things just to work on different aspects of the craft itself. Wow. So I, I, in a sense, being logical about it, yeah, it helped me in that sense. Yeah, okay. I, I, I applied those principles and ethic the hard the hardworking ethic to that. Work on your craft, worked on your character, things like that. So that, that that was a big part of, you know, me coming up.
0: If yeah. You now, speaking of coming up, we're going to go way, 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 way up Ooh. to the sky. I want to hear you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I like when you know, people enjoy <laughs> me segues, uh, yes. even the lame punny ones. But yeah. what kind of a pilot were you? And like, how did it feel? And like, what would I, as somebody who's a little bit scared of flying, be shocked to know about like air travel, air travel. <laughs> like what's going on in the cockpit
1: oh my god I, you know it, it's it's safer than you think it's most people are so terrified by flying but you know as you know percentage wise less accidents up there but i thought they, that
0: was completely because i sit in my in my seat and i say my prayer and then whenever there's movement i like will the plane to move
1: oh you, you did know, that
0: that's totally me oh yes
1: oh my god i should have paid it down. <laughs> I gotta just like
0: <laughs> That's me like white knuckling and just <laughs> like ah, God, I got to move. Moving yeah. it back. Like okay, I'm gonna get it's turbulence, I'm gonna make it calm, make yeah. it calm. Okay, so it's safer than I
1: It's safer. It yeah. is. It really is. And and I mean okay, another story. My younger brother Gary, he was also kinda like that, but he's also Very stubborn as well. And he. I'm sensing a. In my family? A little
0: bit, a little bit.
1: Oh, definitely. (laughs) Most definitely. And he went on about, oh, flying is dangerous. I'm like, okay. So I took him flying with me in a little 172. And we're up there. And, you know, he's still arguing. I'm going, look, it's very safe. I go, I can lose my engine and we can land the plane with no engine, things like that. He goes, no, you can't. I go, yes, you can. You can coast, you know, glide down and land. And he's still arguing with me. So I was like, okay. So I kill the engine.
0: You did not. Oh, yeah.
1: I turn it. I shut it down. And he's like, and I'm like, no, no, no. See? And then look. And I was doing the turns. I go, look at this. It just glided around. It's very peaceful and very quiet. And I'm showing how I have full control of the plane and we can glide all the way to the ground. Um, And he said, okay, okay. And I'm like, Gary, just relax. Okay, look. We have full control. Yeah, but when in the
0: history of ever telling somebody to relax is somebody relaxed? Oh, Gary. Team Gary. Okay.
1: Uh, And so, yeah. And then, you know, after I got down, you know, a little. Little lower. I'm like, see, so we could come right down and just land the plane with no problem. And I go, actually, when we land the airplane, we actually do cut the power. What you do land the plane with no power? Like I mean, you,
0: even the giant planes. Even the giant yeah. planes,
1: you have to kill the engine to stop flight, for you to land. Okay. But they usually have, like, you know, a certain amount of power. and. Okay, but it's oh, a the,
0: giant flying bus. They cut the power? Well, you have
1: to, because how is he going to oh come down? Oh, my God. How I, never gonna, uh, I never thought
0: about <laughs> that. I never thought <laughs>
1: about I mean, they don't cut it all the way up there, they cut it as you get closer, it's a powered.
0: Why did I ask this question? No, I don't want to know, and I'm going to Toronto for the CSAs, and uh, I'll be thinking of you as
1: we crash
0: land. We're
1: not, it's a controlled crash, there you go. Okay, I shouldn't have told you that. No. You should
0: not have told me that.
1: But but it it is what it is, right? And so I finally, I powered up and he's like, okay, fine. I go, yeah, so you, you know, but it's very safe. And I mean, you get in situations. Did Gary
0: feel better after that experience?
1: No, I think he's still nervous. But no, he felt a little better. He did. Because he knows he He's like, thank he you for not killing me. Yes. <laughs> he's, a, he's a little better now. But he, he, uh, at the time there, he used to be like ter- terrible with flying. But I think he's better now.
0: You hope so. You don't know because he doesn't talk to you anymore. Yeah. Because that was the last time you ever spoke to him. Because then he was done with you. See, I know. I know the background of this. See. Okay. Mm. I, let's. Let's. I just want to move on from this. Oh, okay, let get back to. It's totally. I'm so stressed out right are. now. You are. This is so cute. I'm <laughs> glad you're happy. Oh, so, Roger, yes. how, how the heck did you get into acting then? Like, how do you get oh. from being, terrifying your brother and destroying oh. your family uh.
2: to, <laughs> <laughs> That's my to fault. becoming
0: <laughs> one of my, my favorite actors who completely, you know, I was actually, so this is my like, um, you don't know this. but I was actually on I visited Continuum once Mm -hmm. and I was so terrified I didn't want to talk to you Ah! and I didn't want to talk to Brian either these two because I've seen Brian in so many roles where he's been terrifying and it's like but but Travis especially was just so like just I I think because in my mind you were like 19 feet tall like he was a really mean dude
1: oh funny story Um, I was actually filming one day, and you know, he has a tattoo on his neck and things like that, and his big boots and all that sort of thing. And, he, looked <laughs> yeah, oh, well, you, right? he looked good. Yeah, well,
0: thank you. He looked good, but he was fucking terrifying. terrifying. Yeah, yeah.
1: And um, and my partner Josie, she was not feeling well, and so she had to take no, she had to take my younger son because he got a gum stuck in his nose or something like that, and he was choking. So she had to. Sorry, rush him to I'm the not, I'm not
0: laughing, but. I mean, the kid, little kid with gum stuck in his nose. It was
1: like the he rolled the plastic, you know, from the, like um, like cover, like the, the gummy stuff that comes like.
2: Oh. So
1: he got. So she oh, had to buddy. go, right? Yeah. Oh no. And So, and so she was like, <laughs> oh, "You horrible. have to go pick up Daniel." I'm like, "Oh, I'm on set." I go, "Let me, I'll, okay." I go, "I'll get him to give me a break so I can go get." him my oh, all of a sudden and at the time I think he was in grade 1. Oh buddy. Um, yeah, that's true cuz yeah, he went to kindergarten. Yeah, yeah, it was grade 1 or 2, forget what it was. Yeah. So I didn't take off my gear of course. I said, "Okay, so I So wasn't go get Roger going son. to pick
0: up his kid? It was it was Travis. It was Roger. Yeah,
1: Travis. So I walk in the school and I'm like, "Hi guys." And getting these looks and whatever and I forget. I'm like, oh, the boots on yeah. the jacket, the tats on the neck. And they're like, uh, and all these kids you know, went by the class and they're kind of just looking up at me. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a kindergarten cop kind of. That's awesome. You know it what I've actually fun. realized, though? That I'm not actually scared of, of you or Richard or Brian. Mm-hmm. It's Simon Barry.
1: There who's you go. He's the terrifying one. There you go, Simon. It's all your fault. It's
0: all your fault. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, I, I have a lot of love and respect for his brain. Yes. Um, but where were we, we we're getting oh. into acting how yeah, we got acting. from up there to down here
1: to down there i mean Oh, my God. So after I finished flying and my training and all that, um, it was a bit of a recession going on. So a lot of the flying jobs were down and I would pick up extra flights if I could. They'd call me from Skyways to come do some like photography flights. And and then I was working on the airport and Skylink Air Services. And, you know, occasionally you'd get to go up. But, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, And so in my spare time as well, I... I enjoyed acting and um, I was doing some stunt work because I used to do some martial arts so these guys were like oh we need some black guys to do some fight sequences (laughs) on 21 Jump Street so I was like okay so I went there wait a
0: second hold on a uh, second
1: I'm ancient
0: Uh, no 21 Jump Street because we've had a few people in here who that's such an important part of their origin story. That's the Johanna Newmarch, uh, Jennifer Copping. Obviously, yes. we had Peter DeLuise in here as well, but his yes. origin story is a bit different. But yeah. wow. So, is that the same for yes. for you? The very 21- first,
1: that was my first real experience in the film business. And, wow. Um, yeah. Okay, so
0: what do you remember about like the, your first time on set and your first foray into this like kind of weird the, world I that we speaking live in? Peter,
1: actually, I think we a bunch of us jumped him in school. That was my gig. I was like, yeah, we jumped him and we were beating him up. that was my fighting intro to it all. Yeah. And so yeah, and then I think like, like I think it, when I did another stunt, they threw me a line and stuff, and they go, oh, "You're real natural at that." I'm like, eh, it's, "Yeah, it's fun." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, blah blah blah." I did a few more things and. Then I was like, "Yeah, I do enjoy it, and I loved it in school." And so I thought, "Well, I have some spare time, so I went to Breck Academy." Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I audited a bunch of different classes and went up to Breck Academy because I loved what they were talking about. And they don't want to teach acting for film or acting for television or acting for stage, anything like that, because acting is acting. The acting, craft is of acting, acting is acting, that's right? The techniques are different, mm. and you can apply it where you will. And you know you have to be bigger and grander on stage, and of course you know because person at the back of the audience needs to hear you, even if you're whispering. Yeah,
2: stage whispers. Yeah,
1: and but you know on the screen you can work those nuances and you can be as subtle as you want, and the subtleties becomes you know amplified. Yeah, when your camera is right here, and so um, it, yeah, I went to Breck Academy, studied it, and they were always like, oh, you know, audition when you get a chance and things like that. And my friend Danny Watley. Danny, what's up? Um, he was um, hi, Danny. <laughs> hi, Danny. He was going to audition for this movie that was going to go shoot in China, and I said, and he goes, "You want to come with me?" I'm like, "Sure!" So I went with him. We went to shoot, and had you been we to
0: China to before? No, no, no,
1: never. And so I went to audition for this thing, and then they called me and. And I'm like, hey, did they call you? And he goes, no, no, I don't want nothing to, I don't want anything to do with it, because at the time he was already an actor, and he's like, yeah, they don't have any money, they don't have anything going on. I'm like, and for me, it was just, eh, if I get it, it's a free trip to China. Yeah, that's what I was thinking at the yeah. time. and so, I, long story short, I got this gig. Right
0: now, I wonder um, if part of the reason you were booking things then and that you got that was because you were like, eh, I can take it or leave it. Yeah. You know, that it wasn't that like, this is the thing that is going to change everything for me. Completely. You know? and that's I a... was so
1: ignorant. Yeah. Just...
0: <laughs> ignorant is, is bliss. Ignorance yeah. is bliss. Yes, that's
1: what they say. And yeah. so, but yeah. can
0: unlock something if you're not putting so much pressure on it, right? Yeah.
1: But I think that applies later on in, the, in this business as well. You know, you can't go in there too desperate, trying so gripping. The, you know the, you know yeah. white knuckling it, as yep. you said, because you will you're don't you're not free to do the work. Yeah, not free to create if that's you're putting that kind of pressure on yourself.
0: What was the what was the film in China?
1: It was the International Rescue like Ame Film Corporation, and um, okay, <laughs> yeah, I was there for a couple of months, and um, I remember at the time too, I had a you know getting a job with some. Um, Flying glacier tours, all right, for glacier air. (laughs) Because the year before, I was almost had a job with them but then they one of the planes crashed which you don't want to hear about no one got hurt but <laughs> you know I used did,
0: to watch Arctic Air and that was a very stressful show for me as I well bet. because every like I was like every other episode like there's engine trouble and there's I'm like it's looks so beautiful yeah. you know the scenery and stuff but yeah all the oh my god
1: yeah they had a terrible mechanic yeah, if your planes breaking down that much you got problems you know what i mean if it's constantly breaking down i'd look at that mechanic going You might want to stop sipping on that sarsaparilla. Yeah, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Unless that's what is helping make the plane stay up as as long as they're able to. That's true. Yeah, I'm just walking everywhere from now on. I'm sorry. So you're in China.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm in China. I'm shooting this movie. And, um, did you like it? Were you I happy? I loved it. It yeah. was amazing. We got to work out with the number one kung fu team in the world. Yeah. Lee Dehua was like a top kung fu expert. We practiced Bagua kung fu every day. We were out with this great team. And they, they did all the stunts. And, of course, on the show, and they were incredible. Yeah. Incredible to work with.
0: You were saying that you were offered a job. That's where I interrupted you with my, like, Arctic air (laughs) throwback. So you were offered a job by the Glacier Air I was, Yeah, I
1: I had a job like the year before, but it didn't happen. They go, well, if, you know, come back at the beginning of next summer and if we still have a gig, it's yours. And I was like, okay. But then, of course, I'm shooting this movie Mm -hmm. and we started in, what was it, April? Yeah, so, no, March, end of March. And so it was going to go, it's supposed to be a two-month thing, end up being three and a half months. Wow. Right, but... um. But so, of course, I'm not going to be back in time for that job and stuff. When they, were, when they told us they had to extend the schedule, I'm like, but, you know, I'm here. Okay, I've committed. I'm going to do this gig, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. We went to like 14 locations. We went, you know, it's a World War II epic. And about the hump airway between China and Burma and blah, blah, blah. And so we went to all these locations, all these explosions, all these incredible things. And it was a day off that i got to go um with the kung fu team we went Mm. to this temple and so you know you know find your buddha and all these different things that went through this journey and um there was this river that went down and we're goofing around me and some of the other guys and and someone
0: i've met stunt guys i know stunt guys (laughs) (laughs) goofing around is part of it part of it right
1: it really is and they're like oh sifu wants to see you which was the kung fu master and i was like "Oh, okay so instead of going up and across the bridge We go jumping across these rocks and hit a moss covered rock. Legs go out, going down river, swimming, 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 grab onto this rock. And the other guys come running down by this tree and they help pull me out. And I'm like, we're laughing. You know, going, oh my God, I'm soaked at this point.
0: You could have died.
1: Yeah. You could have drowned
0: or hit your head or.
1: Oh no, this is more interesting. So they pulled me out by the tree. This is the most stressful interview I've ever had. We go walking around to the opposite side and stuff throughout because it was this whole thing. We went through this whole area and on the opposite side of it, it was Ray. Ray looked at me and said, Roger, isn't that the tree we pulled you out by? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, look properly, Roger. I'm like, what? If they hadn't pulled me out there, there was nothing to stop me before going off like this 400-foot waterfall oh that God. was there. It was a beautiful waterfall. I have a great picture of it. <laughs> oh,
0: I'm happy you have a, a picture. I'm like angry on your mother's behalf. And,
1: oh. like. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, I could have died and it would have been over. And at the time, you know, I'm young. I'm thinking I'm bulletproof and great physical shape, all yeah. that. You don't ever think of your own mortality. Yeah. And it literally was like, whoa that was weird and literally a few days later I was doing my death scene in the movie and I'm like yeah you guys go on I'll hold them off as long as I can and I'm loading this bullet and then I think I was like singing just, mm-hmm, humming to myself and loading this clip and those classes where they say let the character take life and I remember just taking over and I was just loading this thing and it's just like filling me and I was just like yeah the tears are flowing down wow. and all that is happening it was just a really powerful moment so that was the moment I think for me it was a really powerful moment, this character, and I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah. And I remember, you know, finished it, did that stuff. On the way back, the guy goes, oh, well, you know, you probably don't have that job if you wanted it, I'm like, eh, nope. And they go, well, what are you gonna do? And I'm like, well, you know, guys, I, I kinda like this acting thing. I yeah. need to give it a try. I felt I had to give it, and I said, I'm gonna give it a year, and if it doesn't work in a year, I'm back to my flying full time. I just need to try it. Yeah. I just needed to try it. So, um, and you know, it, it's one of those things until you're in that situation, you never want regrets. Yeah. Is one thing I learned, you know, because a lot of you talk to some older people, and the one thing is a lot of them that the angrier ones they have a lot of regrets. Mm. And I never want to be that. Yeah. Never, so I'm like, I got to try it and see what happens. Yay, hey, fail or succeed. I, I've, <sighs> at least like- I've done it.
0: The most heart-pounding actor origin story (laughs) that I've ever heard. Okay, so we're going to take a break. Okay. When we come back, we're going to talk about Travis and Continuum. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about Mac. Mac. We're going to talk about Mac. We're going to talk about Jenny. Ooh, okay. talk about Morrowind I don't know we're just gonna talk just about gonna it all talk, talk okay. about it all we're gonna talk all right and, and uh, so now here's that here's our, our ad from Liquid Amber Tattoo and Art Collective
1: Luvia yes oh, I love you
0: some people claim that Vancouver is a no fun city but anyone who says this has clearly not attended Liquid Amber Tattoo and Art Collective's monthly art socials because these events are crazy fun and bring artists and art lovers together in one gorgeous space Liquid Amber Tattoo is located in a stunning three-story brick building in historic Gastown. Since 2001, Liquid Amber's artists have been providing custom and cosmetic tattoos to satisfied Vancouverites and out-of-towners. The studio is health board approved, it's spotless, and the artists are consummate professionals. And there is always stellar artwork by local artists on the walls. Which brings us to Liquid Amber Tattoo and Art Collective signature event, The Art Social. On the last Friday of every month, Liquid Amber closes up early and the studio becomes an after-hours hive of creative energy. A vibrant, pulsating event space where artists show and sell their creations to art lovers and everyone is sipping wine and beer and having one hell of a good time. And right now, Liquid Amber Tattoo is on the lookout for art that's been created by artists who work in the film industry or that's been inspired by the film industry in some way. Is that you? Learn how you can submit your work to the 2020 showcase and be part of future art socials on the Liquid Amber website. Liquid Amber Tattoo and Art Collective is located at 62 Powell Street in Vancouver. For more information about the studio and the monthly art socials, and to submit to the 2020 Film Art Showcase, visit liquidambertattoo.com. That's liquidambertattoo.com. And we're back. Thank you, Livia. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Livia. Groovy Lou.
0: Groovy um, yes. wait, I mean, and that's a perfect kind of segue to talk about Continuum. And yes. I know you've done lots of roles. You worked on lots of shows. <laughs> what I love about Continuum is like the audacity of it. I mm. I love that that Simon said it in Vancouver, you know, and yes. I love that it's really a showcase. It was a showcase for some of our our city's finest Actors, I agree. You know, it was like it was fearlessly and audaciously and no apologetically. Th- just let me go with it, even though it doesn't make sense in the English language. Vancouver.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, it, yeah. It, it was an unabashedly Vancouver. And he's like, well, why not? If you can yeah. set it anywhere, because that story could be set in any city. Yeah. So why not? That city that he's in, yeah, that the he's city from, he's in that he's proud of, that yeah, people love.
0: That has had so many other sci-fi shows, you know, set their series, you know, exactly. here and yet we're Seattle or we're in New York. And yeah. so, so tell me about some of the um the the things that you got to do on Continuum, you know, and and yeah. like maybe your journey with Travis or you know or yeah. or with you know cast and crew or whatever like that you had not had the chance to do before, like. How did that experience change you as an actor?
1: Honestly, it it was one of those blessed jobs.
0: Hashtag blessed?
1: (laughs) Seriously, because honestly, from top to bottom, I loved everyone. Yeah. It was great. We had great producers, we had great crew, we had great cast and people got along and people were in it together. And it was just you know, you loved going to work. Yeah. You know, it's some jobs you go to, that's I'll be honest, you take the money, you go, Okay, bye bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you go and you go, okay. Yeah. yeah. And you see everyone backstabbing each other, you see all mm. kind of petty nonsense going on and you're like, Life is too short. Yeah. And we're we're, you know, very well. Compensated for doing and enjoying what we do, yeah. you know. I, I think we can just you know be a little humble about it and enjoy yeah. it personally. And so you know, and I think that's why Simon and I we're, we're still friends. We still get along because. He has that same mentality. He's a great guy, very talented man and he just enjoys what he's doing. Yeah. You know. And so But it's like
0: what what's neat about him as well though is he's also he's really practical. Yes. It, like he's this really creative, you know, brilliant yes. mind and yet it's also like it's practical. Like everything yeah. is Achievable, Like even the fact yeah. that it was sci-fi. Yeah. And yes, there was like, there was the future aspect, but it was set in the, you know, in the well, here and now.
1: If you think about it, yeah. you remember that watch thing that he had in that episode yeah. and talking about how, you know, it monitors your health and monitor all these things. What do we have today? Mm. And you know, even that table, you know, that, that analyzes things. He basically just took what was there and projected it into the future. And if you look at what some of the things that's happening, and he say, no, it wasn't a genius thing. I mean, I read a lot of scientific journals, and they tell me these things, and you said the practical side of them. Yeah. And so he, you know, he projected these things into the future. I this think he's is a genius because yeah. we are. If you think about it, people are willingly give up giving up all their private information online. Yeah. Every day. Willingly, just say, here, take all my information. You were literally so just like like holding your f-
0: your phone, cradling it in your hand, paying for your parking. Yeah, you know, I'm being like, I'm so grateful for this app. And yep. I'm like, yeah, me too. Like without the without these apps, without, yeah. I, I have a hard time, a very hard time remembering things, scheduling yes. my life, keeping in touch with people. You exactly. Know.
1: You know what I mean? And and social media. You yeah. Know, all these people that they're putting, telling you all their deepest, darkest secrets. Yeah. All every detail about their lives. And so you know that's why hackers are able to hack in your lives because they know all your names, everything else that you could think of, yeah, and stuff. So, so you know he by putting in that out there and saying in the future with people who control that information will kind of control your lives, yeah, and you know they'll have so much control that people, please forgive me, my family, but we like religion. They have control of you, and people don't question it.
0: I'm not touching that. I'm not <laughs> yeah. getting into your family religion stuff. Oh my God, what are you doing here?
1: But I don't want to feel the wrath no. of your mom but, but or like poor it's... Gary, Team no, Gary. You... <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna love hearing that. Oh geez. you're
0: so cruel, Roger. No. no, I I told I I I get that. And you know what I loved about um about that show as well. It started with this idea of uh, oh these are the good guys and these are the bad exactly. guys. You know, but and that but the, the more it went on and you're like. Well, who really is? It, is it really exactly. the law enforcement and the government in charge that are the good guys? Because, you know, these, the quote-unquote bad guys, the, yes. the, the you know, the ter- quote-unquote terrorists, future yes. terrorists, totally see their point of view yeah,
1: they're actually freedom fighters yeah
0: they are freedom the they're resistance
1: tra- they're resistance they're the one they're the resistance yeah. they're the ones trying to say people wake up yeah. stop letting them control you you know they they have all this control over you and you're willingly giving it to them wake up and give yourself some choices and they were fighting for people's freedom so were you like that team was,
0: liberate then oh like my in your, god you I'm, really felt empathy for for their yes. pov yeah. oh my
1: god and that's what was brilliant even from reading it originally i'm like These guys aren't really the bad guys. We come on as the villains. And, you know, Travis might have killed a few people. Everybody
0: killed everybody.
1: (laughs) He might have learned that there are nicer ways to get people on your side than breaking their necks.
0: I think it's a way it also shows that, like, I mean, yes, there are different sides. And yet those sides are also comprised of people. Like, you know, like within even Liberate, there was such delicious characters yes. you know like you know you look at like S- Steve Lobo's ca- the Kellogg yes. you know is a totally different kind of character than, than you know Omari's character Olivia's are yeah. definitely yours yeah. you know you're from a different place but so okay so I've, I've talked about the Liberate yes. uh, Team Liberate but who like who were your favorites oh, it's such an unfair question but you've totally really put is. me through the ringer today Uh-oh. emotional journey I'm like Gary right now on the plane. Uh-huh. Um but like who were your favorite scene partners to play with on that show
1: oh man I, I didn't are- mention
0: Rachel I mean because You had some great interactions. Oh, you yeah, know.
1: I love my I love me some Rachel, she's great, and we had such great times together. And you know, but to this day, we're still great friends, and um, I I loved it. You know, actually, I have to say, Lobo and I might, might have had some really funny moments, even though I remember the first kind of scene we had where I got upset with him and you know, slammed him into the fridge. And I think it was we had that scene, and I think it, we were doing it also, sudden he's like, mm, Roger, Roger. Mm. That hurts. And I was like, oh, sorry, buddy. <laughs> Travis. <laughs> he was oh so, my God. He was so fragile. And then Steve. But even, oh, no, he's, he's a great actor. <laughs> yes, he is. And we, we had some fun together. And, you know, that delicious kind of thing that he does where he just kind of like just digs a little bit and says some of those smart alecky, oh snarky little comments and you know he's so uber intelligent that yeah. you know he's plotting things he played that so well and yeah. so you know he's so the opposite of Travis yeah. which was the blunt force that's very honest and raw about everything. <laughs>
0: Travis was blunt force trauma. Blunt force, absolutely, literally <laughs> and he's
1: just kind of like take it as it is. Yeah, There's no you know
0: Yeah Kellogg was like a poison kind of yeah. Do you think that like I okay so this is me having my opinion and being kind of like political but I, I kind of sometimes feel like like Continuum didn't get a fair shot in a lot of ways you I, know like, and even the way that you guys were like as the actors had pins in you and like, you didn't know if you're going to be coming back or not to to wrap things up and everything yeah. like um, how does that like how does like d- how does that ex- like all okay, right no here's the question why why <laughs> why did that happen and like what what are your ideas about why that happened to continue you know, like especially like is it a west coast thing because now you're on a Toronto yeah. show like it's yeah, yeah. a little bit different it the treatment I know I'm yeah. speaking as if like <laughs> like out of the side of my mouth you <laughs> are it's like they
1: can't hear you yeah they can
0: hear you But, you know, I mean, there is kind of like a, is it an East Coast, West Coast?
1: No, you know what it is? I think it's just um, a studio executive thing. I mean, that happens all over. If you look at great shows that have been on American television, they get canceled too soon because one, the audience may not have been ready for it. Or sometimes there's change in executives and they have a different vision of how things should go. And, you know, these things happen. It happens yeah. in this business. It's too bad because a funny, st- another interesting story. I remember Wait,
0: in. is this kind of? do I need to have you like d- a like an anything. antacid or something before this one? No, I'm like completely you don't. Stressed out. You
1: don't. <laughs> but I, I, I landed in L.A. And I forget what it was. And this driver was there and, you know, he was talking to me and we had the conversation. And then he goes, listen, there's a show you have to watch. And he goes, it changed my life. And he goes, you know, and he started talking about all these different things and. Whatever, and how you know, they, these people that they thought were bad and they were good and this and that, whatever. He was talking about continuing. Oh my God. I had no clue it was me. Right, and he's telling me about this show and that sort of thing. As you said, some people think because of, and I will get to that later. But he's telling me about the show, and he goes, "Yeah, man, I'm not sure when it's on." I go, "No, I think this, they're they're going to get a third season, and they're they're, they're going to show it." <laughs> blah blah blah. He's like, "How do you know? How do you know?" And I go, "Well, you know, I, I I know some of the people that are on it and stuff, right?" I literally did. And he got me to my house in L.A. and at, at the time, and I got out of the car and we're there, and he, and he's like, "Yeah, man, whatever." I go, I go, well, I was on the show, and he's like, "What?" And he's like, he had this thing on his. looking at him. He goes, you know, I knew you looked familiar, but I, I wasn't sure it was right. He goes, but I thought you would be a bigger dude. <laughs> 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 he expected. I'm so
0: glad you told him, though.
1: Giant dude, whatever. And I'm like, no, nah, it's me, man. And he's like,
0: it's how Tra- um, how you as Travis like commanded uh, the space. You know, it's like kind of like you suck the air out of the <laughs> the the room. Like just with the, like the putting the fear in, you know. I mean, I do yeah. remember, like there was one time, I don't remember, maybe it was a later one, but like you literally threw Kira. That's like, true. Like, like, re- like that, it's so scary.
1: Oh, and I even yeah. got that to where I pick up Kellogg and like choke slam him through the table, yeah. and this stunt guy was so into it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, come here, Steve, you should do this. And he's like, no, nah, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> like,
0: no, thank you. We'll let Kamani deal with that, yeah. or whoever, whoever it was yeah, dealing with that double, one. Yeah. Um, but. Like before, we move on to Mac. I do because you did work in in stunts, mm-hmm. uh, and you know definitely on Continuum. I mean, there was a lot of that was a very yes. powerful stunt team. What you know, and this is where there's a lot of talk right now about the fact that the Oscars doesn't have a stunt category, and it's yeah. so stupid that it doesn't. What can you tell me about like the the contributions of stunt artists, you know, and like oh. what you know, and and the the kind of the sacrifices that they make in order to make you look good.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I mean, and I think you know this. Um, Once upon a time in America. America was a great example of you know the guy who you know they show the Hollywood star there yeah. and then the stunt guy but let's face it no some of these stunt men they live pretty damn well
0: they mm-hmm. don't, they're,
1: they're not living out in the boonies they are they do well okay they make oh, a lot, yeah, they, 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 do make, well. they make a lot of money so but they <laughs> also like they, they do really but, well
0: but yes. they're also like put it because like all my friends who are so I'm a, like yeah. B, you know Paul yeah. Lazenby who was on our show. Maya yeah. Aro, you oh, yeah. know, like Darren Shalavi was one of my best friends, you know. Uh, so they all have scars all over oh, there. Yeah. all the and this all and from, they go like, down
1: the road here to your yeah. the doctor down the road <laughs> I, that you know probably Nigel and gets a doctor Nigel Lang. Yeah, yes, yes. No, we fix, see always the stunt guys. Down and, down oh, that. definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah You yeah. know, so
0: but it's like there's a so I meant in that way they are sacrificing there, you know.
1: I've got and they love it. Yeah, they do, and and I mean and it's things they do, but but you're right, it's a great. Contribution and they make us look great because in you know I said I'll do the fight sequences and things like that on my shows. Um, so
0: you will, you will. Oh, do I do, that. Yeah. I do
1: them. They have me do most of them. Most of ninety nine percent of the fight sequences you've seen, it's been me. Yeah. And um, but I don't do the impact. Yeah. Because that's what takes a toll. So mm-hmm. if there's any like <laughs> throw a landing off stuff and all that. I said, bring in the stunt double, because I do not. Yeah. Because the impacts are the ones that really get you after a while. And if you land wrong, and as you said, the next day you're all stiff and sore, eh, no, not for me.
0: I just get that, Not I don't do stunts, but I do parenting, okay? Do parenting, see? <laughs> my back, my legs, I walk like, you know, at the yeah. nighttime, I'm like walking like I'm 90 years old. Yeah. Um, so, okay. they, no,
1: they have a great, They no, they contribute a great deal. And, I mean, I don't see any reason why it's not part of like, even the technical side of things. Like yeah. when they do hand out technical Awards that it shouldn't be there as well. Yeah. You know, like at the Emmys, they have a stunt There's a lot to, of planning that goes into,
0: you know, creating these cool stunts. Oh my you know, God, it's not like it's not like we're gonna let's set let's set Roger on fire today and then see what happens. It's exactly. like, no, we got a lot of planning to do. Oh and, yeah,
1: and when you're when you're doing a burn, you only have like a few seconds in that suit yeah. once it's sealed up and you're on fire to get it, get the shot, yeah. roll the guy <laughs> out and put him out. You have like ambulance before.
0: on standby oh, and stuff. Of
1: course, and people yeah. don't see that. Or, you know God rest your soul, but like when the explosion happened and the battery landed on us, you know, someone there. I, so when we have big explosions like that, they do have an area that after the explosion goes off, we go into this area for uh, 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. People might think that's a long time, but no, when, you know, debris shot that high in the air, it takes that long to come back down sometimes. <laughs> and a battery came down <laughs> yes, as we it know, can. and killed someone. Yeah. And so from oh then my on, gosh. Then on, it's like, you, you know, you make sure that. After everyone goes under these covers, they st- stay under there. Everything good, okay? Okay. Now you come back out.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, we've had there have to, have had to have been a lot of accidents, especially in the early years, to help us I'll kind of forwards. like to learn a lot of lessons. It's how you figure it out, right? Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Mac. 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 Um, I I love Coroner. Ah. Uh, it is a very bingeable show. I agree. Um it's really fucked up show as well in a lot of ways. <laughs> is it? I ever? mean like you like I uh, uh, episode I watched recently like she's like scraping off like I learned that what can happen to a human body like it can turn to wax and stuff yeah. and it was so disgusting. Um you know and and Tor- Toronto shot it's set in Toronto it's yep. filmed in Toronto. So tell me about some of the joys and challenges of playing this character who is uh, like is very I mean, not Travis-like at all, it's and true. yet nuance. You know, I mean, yeah. he's got skeletons. He has a past. He has feelings. Oh, you know definitely. about he- <laughs> yeah. and he's all. I mean, there's a lot of clashing with with Jenny as well. You know, yeah. it's not like we're just we work together and we're happy all the time. It's not oh, that at no. all. That dynamic tension is one of the most delicious. Th- I use that word a lot, but it's true. It's one of the most yeah. delicious things as a viewer about *Coroner*. So. Yeah.
1: It's the old guard meeting, meeting the new guard. Yeah. It's the old bull and the wise bull in his opinion and then the, the young, eager bull that's well no, let's just be brash yeah. and
0: You're like, Obi-Wan.
1: Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes.
0: And and uh, uh, and Sorrenda's Luke.
1: She is yeah. just coming in. No, let's just do it. Why yeah. do we have to No, no, no. You have to calm down. You have to Or you're Billy you're, D and you she's well, young Roger. There you go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yet, like, yet not because she's yet,
0: totally like Yeah.
1: Exactly. And yet still else. all of a sudden he's like, Well, maybe i have kind of given up a little bit yeah and i've accepted things too much and so that you know that passion you have when you were younger and that bravado and the balls if you will to yeah. just do things and i said the ignorance ignorance is bliss and she comes in there not coming from the classic background of a coroner. she came from an er doctor etc cetera, etc cetera, and losing her husband and life is in shambles but she has she has this God, her
0: life is so messy her life isn't it But yeah. she
1: has this area of work yeah where she's so good at that she can pour herself into and that's what's great and i think mcavoy's character sees the young character and is like well maybe there's some of that she's still stupid and she's still a little ignorant and she's still gotta <laughs> learn and then you know she pays the price for even you know opening these cases getting yes. the guy released from jail he comes back to haunt, or uh, And So it's has kind got of like you know you got to be careful if you're going to open these doors and kick down doors. What comes out you might not like. Yeah. And so he's you know he's there as that you know that that uh, that that's what's great about the character. Um He's he is the wiser character, but now he's learned that okay, well maybe I do need to go back to yeah, that. Yeah, she's early taught him day. some stuff she's as taught him well. Some, yeah, and so that's what's great. You know, even being as you made that Obi Wan, I can still learn yeah and I've learned from her that okay, maybe being passionate about things um, are a great thing and and he he ends up going back to his old neighborhood with the old case that he had to reopen yeah. to find out stuff about you know the, the um, that kid from his neighborhood. And it's just been so much fun to play this character, and they've given me so much leeway. And they've sorry, I am us-
0: laughing because actors are weird. Because to <laughs> say that that's fine, mean, and I, I know it's fun, oh. and you can see the joy. But it's like it's it's like this is a show that has to do with like I mean, death. there's yeah. death, and and um, I mean, what one of the things I love so much about about the Jenny character yeah. is that you know she she's dealing with a lot of the same things that I deal with, you know, PTSD and panic attacks, and and it's oh. one of the first times that I've seen. Panic panic attacks represented so well yeah. on screen, you know, and More like, and, and I'm sure. Yeah. I, I, I More bet, wins. you know, so when you, um, yeah, so I, uh, so the when you describe all that stuff is fun, like, I think that's hilarious. Cause it's like panic attacks and death and <laughs> murder and, and, um, you know, I, there was one episode, though, where I think it was the first one where I cried yeah. um, watching the show. Most of the time I was like watching it through my fingers or just oh. being like, oh, it's so or like they're having sex in the alley. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> What's going on there? Yeah. Um, but it was the episode where Julie Black uh, yeah. gu- guested that one. And yeah, what I thought first was
1: gig, really. Yeah, first acting gig, and she, she I can't great. even
0: believe that. That yeah. was just amazing to me. Um But, uh, you know, that Max journey in that particular episode got me in my gut, you know, because it's it is it was about, you know, police brutality, you know, and it was about like that kind of the well. You tell me. Like <laughs> I'm seeing the the inner conflict. Like, what are some of the the joys, the challenges of you know of going deep into that? Like, there was that scene where yeah. he's where he's in the garage with the with the you with know with the cop, with and, the cop the, yeah. and he was talking about you know what's you know like what you think that because we're, we're both blue you know yeah but, I'm and, not your brother yeah and that sort
1: of thing. well you know he went there with the intent of you know okay screw it you won't you don't want to take you know I'll will take it into my own hands then yeah okay I I've tried the system and I believed in the system. And that's the thing about McAvoy. He believes in the system and doing things the right way. And he is this very He's a solid guy. Yeah. And he does the right things. You know, and he and he he'll do it the right way. And this was the first time you saw him snap to the point where he's like, No, I'm gonna do things my way then. Screw, mm. you know, being the good boy doesn't work. I'm gonna be the bad boy and guts in there, and he's like, he still can't do it. You know, yeah. <laughs> he rage, but he's like Okay, I can't do that. That
0: scene was. W- what was it like uh, to
1: film that scene? It, it was. It was a powerful scene. It yeah. really was because you know you 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 think about all that these guys did to that poor kid. Yeah. Who was just playing his music, and for no reason, then the color of his skin, he gets harassed. And um and it's something that hits home personally, of course. Yeah. Um. That in I a guess,
0: city you know. where they have, I mean, you know, I know that in Toronto, there's been a lot of talk about about carting, you know, yeah. and and about. I mean, there was the a couple of years ago they called it like the year of the gun or something, yeah. you know. Like there's a lot of. Um,
1: there's some racial tension. Out there's there. racial let's, tension. Okay, absolutely. Let, let's be frank about yeah. it. I mean, I've talked a lot. You know, the whole Jane and Finch area that they're all just like they're all over it all the time, and you know, so I've talked to some of the cops out there and some of them are like, well, you know, some of these. I have an interesting cop story that I was in Calgary and I was doing, um, a, I did a police ride along out there. I've done a couple of them, but I did one with the dog squad out there. Oh. And it was great. Yeah. And th- those dogs. Those are
0: really my favorite. My yeah. favorite officers are the canine K-9 ones. K-9. Yeah. <laughs> those dogs
1: are amazing. Yeah, no, it won't even get into all that. But, yeah. but long story short, I had to get change um, and I only had big bills at the time because they were selling T-shirts to raise money for a thing. So he and I had been, you know, we talking. We stopped at this very fancy hotel. I'm not going to say the name of the hotel. I went into the lobby. And first off, we get out of the car, and of course, the valet, and everyone's looking at, huh? These cops and this black guy are walking together. They're not even in cuffs. (laughs) And I swear to God, that's the look on their face. Like, okay, no, we walk in the lobby of this hotel, and I swear, it went quiet. Hmm. We walk in, and... I walk up to the counter. I'm like, "Hi, right, can you break this down for me? It was a $100 bill. And she's like just looking at me, and she kind of looked at the cop, and he's kind of nodding. And she's like, oh, and she gave me the change, right? And he walked out of there. He was like, okay, that was one of the weirdest experiences of my life. And he goes, you know, maybe I'll start looking at things a little differently,
2: hmm.
1: right, when I won't just judge instantly and he goes, But but and we had a very frank discussion about it. He goes, But sometimes, you know, some of these guys in the corner make it bad for a lot of you guys that are good guys. And I go, Yeah, but there's a lot of white guys that do a lot of bad shit too. Yeah. But you don't automatically judge all of them. He goes, That's true. Yeah. He goes, it's an easier target to see the difference and see the color of the skin and the, and or the ethnic whatever to it's easier to put you guys in a box and judge you. Yeah, and I was like oh, okay and he goes yeah but honestly I will make a greater effort to not do that and I was like oh man you just just
0: from being present for that just incident experience. which I'm sure for him that was a new experience I'm assuming he's white yeah yeah, but for you not a new experience no but for him it was a yeah. very
1: new experience and yeah. he, I think it was a controversy us walking in together that made yeah. you go <gasps> Like, and it was just so yeah. weird and for him. It, they had a difference. And so going back to that, so sometimes, and that's what McAvoy even went through. He went through the whole idea that, you know, I don't buy into all that. I am a police officer. We do the right things, all that sort of thing. And he totally stopped trying to go back to the old neighborhood because, as he said, when he went back to the neighborhood, and also that the old, the old neighborhood had to also take some of the blame. Because they treated him terribly because he became a cop. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, would you rather me being on the inside trying to help everyone or to give them a different perspective to say that we are diverse people instead of just staying in there with you, being angry about everything outside and not doing anything about it? Yeah. or just making noise about it, things like that. And so the both side, they have, they have some blame, but of course the greater blame is the people who are doing the persecuting. But- um,
0: Yeah, but I mean, there's there's persecuting, but then there's also like what you're talking about, which is the, which, I mean, you describe white privilege, right? Yeah. You know, which is not like setting out to just, I'm gonna just hate people, but like having biases, yeah. you know, that exist and you have to confront them, right? And yeah. what I find interesting uh, is that is that we're we're on a podcast as a film and TV industry podcast? We're talking about this, yeah. and so that tells me that like, what role do you think that like? Because I think that art has a role to play in it, that television, definitely. that film. So like, what role do you think that that television, you know, specifically a show like Corner, can yeah. play, you know, in in, in making people confront? You well, know, at the very least, of white privilege,
1: right? All of it. You know, yeah. and, and it, let's face it, if 24, another show that I worked on, hadn't had a black president, maybe Barack Obama would never have been a black president. That's right. You yeah. know what I mean? Honestly, because it allows people to accept things in a media. They're going, oh, OK, that's a possibility. And then in real life, they're going, well. They even spoke art, the
0: same way. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> art imitating life, yeah. life imitating art. You know what I mean? It happens. And art is very important. Yeah. Art, music, the uh, Paintings, all these things. They evoke emotion. They evoke thought. And if, you know, in sports, you know, watching the great athletes perform and play LeBron and whoever else, it could be a little white kid also, oh, I want to be LeBron. You know yeah. what I mean? He doesn't see color. You know what I mean? And it could yeah. be a black kid seeing Luka Dantich, whatever, saying, I want to be him, whatever. And it's kind of like, okay, it has that ability. And when you see it on TV and um, you see Corner and people see those kind of race relations and what I love about our shows is it's like, it's so diverse. There's so many different people. There's blacks. There's whites. There's you know brown. There's everything on there. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Jenny, Jenny's
0: mentioned. son is is gay. Yes. You know. You. I mean. There's. You and have. And she's part uh, Middle
1: Eastern. Yeah. Right? And yeah. And
0: you have um the, her. The uh, trans
1: character. Yeah, the um, trans
0: character. You have uh, first nations first representation. Nations. Yeah.
1: We have everything. In talking that,
0: about all the conflicts. You know that. Yeah. Everybody just trying to work, get along. Yeah. You know. I. And
1: and it's never really brought up as an issue. Is yeah. what I love. People are just people. And, you yeah, know, but and but we don't
0: inspiring. always get to see that on TV, yes. you know, which is like, because even, you know, even though, I mean, workplaces are, are are diverse, or you go to the grocery store and it's diverse, like yeah. there's people around everywhere, that doesn't always translate to no. the screen, which is another reason that Continuum was so great. And it's yeah. another reason that Corner's so great, you know, because yeah. these are shows that look like life. Yes, You know, that you look know like I mean? our life. And you know, maybe there's yes. somebody who lives in a town where they don't know, maybe, maybe they live in one of these like very small towns exactly. where there are no black people, Definitely. you know, and maybe the only black person that they're gonna get to know is Mac. You know, (laughs) Honestly,
1: I've been there. When I was in China, even, some of these people had never seen a black person before. We were filming in the southern part of China where foreigners hadn't been since World War II. It was because it's close to the public. The only reason we were allowed down there is to film.
0: Wait, and And you were filming a a um, World War International Rescue,
1: this is way World War II, yeah. And so some of these people (laughs) had never seen a black or white person. And they don't even have television in some of these places. So they've never seen anything like that. So we had like throngs of people watching Every day we'd be trying to shoot. <laughs> like, yeah. and heard, like, it was like, it was amazing. And small town America, sometimes you go in there and, you know, I do some of these conventions or whatever. And some of this, some, if you go to some of these smaller towns, some of these people like, yeah, they've never been around yeah. a person of another you know race because their town's a small town and yeah. it's just, you know, whatever. Um, and so you're right. It opens their minds to a lot of things.
0: Opens uh, their minds and also gives like, you know, maybe you're... Like I remember when Omari was in here talking yeah. about seeing like um LeVar Burton as you know Geordie on next generation. Yes. You know, so it, so also it's not just for the people who have to check their privilege, it's also for the people who you know who like they, they need somebody to look up to as well. Yes. You know and when I see someone doing it. Yeah. Representation is <sighs> oh. so important. Representation
1: yeah. is very important. Yeah. It's very important. And it, and when you see someone that looks like you doing something up there, you're like, oh my God. When yeah. you see someone be president, be, you know, be a banker, be be president of a company, be, you know, a stunt person, being an actor. You're like, oh, my God, I can do that.
0: So I guess that 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 informs this next question then about um you you know now granted I know that we're doing corner right now you got a job and all that but like as you know looking at other roles and like are there roles that you won't do now in your in your career that you would have done earlier I mean you mentioned you know like you know the thug roles and stuff that you did on you know early on on wise guy and on 21 jump street like you know which in a lot of ways those you know I mean a lot of the late 80s early 90s stuff all written by you know white people who didn't know what black people did and you know and like stereotypes right yeah. you know would you do those kind of roles now or like or do you think about like do, do roles have to My, pass a certain kind of like a roles have to
1: have roles have to have some sort of story yes they have okay. to have a journey so even if he's a villain he has a journey he has a story he has yeah. to follow I like hearing I, that because you yeah, big I've, Travis
0: fan here you know <laughs> it's true
1: because I remember years back and I've, I think I've always kind of done that I've never really just done it I I was um I booked this role to play in this. It was an M.O.W. and he was a pimp, right? And he, you know, she came along. She was looking for her daughter. And first he's like, you know, screw you, blah blah blah. And but then he liked the lady and he helped her find her daughter a little bit. And he had this little B storyline with her, that sort of thing. And um, I guess like a week or so before we go to camera. They're like, the movie's too long because, you know, of course, for TV, it has to be cut down to, mm. I guess, you know, the 75 minutes or whatever it is. To, to allow for all commercials. The commercials. And yeah. Exactly. And you're like, okay, well, we've kind of cut the B storyline and this is what the character is now. And he's like, this pimp comes along, he's a bit of an ass and he does this. And then he, you never see him again and that sort of thing. And they go, we understand if Roger doesn't want to do this anymore. That's sort of think. Yeah. And my agent, um, Deb, you know, to this day, still my agent. Love
0: her. Love Deb Dillstone. Yes, <laughs> she's
1: great. Um, we, um, I said, okay, we'll pass on it. And they were livid. We're like, what? And I'm like, no, well, you guys gave us the option. She goes, yeah, they were not happy. I'm like, yeah, but they gave us the option. So we said no. And, and so I, I say I, I was willing to play the role. Not mm-hmm. a big deal. But then also of this got cut down to this jerk who just shows up and leaves whatever and nothing wrong with that there's a p- time and place for all that but at the time I'm like no I'd rather go do something else yeah and um I, as I said being a thug is great I have no qualms about it um I would still do it you know if it had the story yeah, behind the it. stories there. if it's because interesting because people come from different background now yeah. as you said you know yeah you know, someone growing up in the ghetto for example there's no they see no way out because the society, everything's against them yeah their education system's against them society's against them everything's against them so the only way they're going to get any enjoyment out of life maybe is to sell that bag of rocks to be part of the system to, to be yeah. you know so i can't that system that system yeah. hey let's face it you know oh, grandpa kennedy was a was a gangster you know, he sold drugs and he did a lot yeah, of things. but what's and he the was,
0: difference between Grandpa and, Kennedy and, you know, you know the, I mean? and the kids of Jane and Finch? It's, exactly. Yeah,
1: he, it's did, he bootlegged and he did yeah. what, he t- what it takes, you know, what he did at the time what it took to get his family to where they are now. Yeah. And it was built on an empire mm-hmm. of bootlegging. And, bootlegging, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so if you see no way out and that's the only way to get a piece of that pie and enjoy some of those privileges that people enjoy on earth, being able to, have that nice meal, being able yeah. to stay at that fancy hotel, being able to do things. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, you have to tell those stories as well. And say, yeah, with that comes a price. <laughs> so are you willing to pay the price? Okay. Are you willing to take the risk to, you know, achieve that? Or would you rather knuckle down, work hard, et cetera, et cetera? And, um, and so, it, and, and that's, that's part of, like, once again, being represented and seeing someone that you can look up to. And saying no, I'd rather take that path. Mm. I'd rather take the hard work, and you know, not get the rewards immediately, and get it down the road. Yeah. And so that's that's a huge part of being seeing someone up there that you can say, okay, that I could do that, and that yeah. could be me.
0: Okay, so he gave me another segue, Uh-oh. which All I right. love. Love it. Um, And it has to do with rewards. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm totally rooting for you for the Canadian Screen (laughs) (laughs) Awards. See, Uh, you did that. And so, you know, hopefully we will be seeing you up there accepting, you know, the trophy. Uh, I don't know what it looks like. What does it look like?
1: It kind of goes up and kind of like... like, It's like like a a vase. Almost almost kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, What
0: what does it mean to you to be nominated for this role?
1: Oh, my God. It's a Because it's a phenomenal role. And as I said, it's such a rich... Character and so well written, you know. Morwen and the team over there from Noel to Seneca to Monelli um, to everyone, they're they're wonderful and um, they they put their heart and soul into it. And we, yeah, and it's a team effort, myself, eh? It really is, yeah. you know. We get there, and even before we shoot, we will hash it out and work out what's no, no what's not ringing true, what's not. Working for it, and they will work with us and allow us to do that. Oh, you
0: get to give that feedback. and stuff, and yeah, That's awesome. You know,
1: they're 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 great like that, and um, and we have a great team. For, you know, our DP out there and everyone they're they're wonderful, and they 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 care about it. Yeah, and so you know, this is more about them. No, I, honestly, I don't know. It's cliche. i I'm honored to be nominated. Whether I, so whether I win or not, whether I win or not, you know, that's, that's icing on the cake. Can I just um, say
0: like, I yeah. want you to win. Well, I, I will be disappointed that. if you don't win. Uh, well, okay.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. And, and <laughs> I, you know, I, of course I hope to win. No, I'm not going to lie about that. Of course you hope to win. Yeah. But, but, you know, um, being a part of the a community and being recognized for your hard work is it's a great thing.
0: Yeah. And especially yeah. this is me getting political and inserting my opinion again, yeah. especially when you are a, uh, a Vancouver-based actor, you know, <laughs> being recognized in 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 Toronto on that national stage, yeah. like that's actually the reason I'm flying out to the CSAs this uh, year, you know, because we have okay. a, a big Vancouver contingent. Because yeah. you know, sometimes it's hard for the the rest Let's of go. Canada to like look at what's going on in here in our. Yeah. In, in our very happening it's, dynamics <laughs> film and TV center that everybody hip, should be paying attention hippies to.
1: Hippies out here in the West Coast.
0: Total hippies. I and mean, you keep talking about out there. So, I mean, you spend a lot of time here.
1: Yeah.
0: You've got some roots here. Definitely. So why do you stay here? Huh? Instead of going out there full time.
1: There. Like what
0: makes you stay here. I'm
1: a West Coast kid. Yeah. I, like, I love the pace So you're one here. of us hippies I love, then. I, I totally am. Okay. I totally am. I I, I mean we I go I thought you were casting
0: dispersions. So. Yeah
1: oh hell no. <laughs> I, I go we really love going over to like Tofino or go over to the islands and stuff and just like hang yeah. out with the family and we love hiking and we love the outdoor lifestyle. You know the boys they they, love it too and it's just weird it's more chill and it's more what we do. Um, Toronto's a great pace Yeah. and you know if, maybe if you're a young person starting stuff great go do that but that's not my style yeah, and no, no, I appreciate and you know have great friends out there and they're go-getters and they're you know go-go-go and I, no, we're hustlers here too but a different way a different we way we move a little bit slower totally, totally. You know, they,
0: they, they pound their energy drinks and walk really fast <laughs> and we sip our our, uh, our oat milk lattes oh, that, it, and it, it's true watch the clouds it's go by true. over the it's North Shore true. mountains yeah no I hear you okay we're gonna end with some we're gonna end with some time travel ooh yeah And you know what we're gonna use? What are we gonna use? We're gonna we're gonna assemble this. I actually got this idea from Richard Harmon. We're gonna assemble that like time travel uh, chocolate orange thing that you guys use on ball. The ball. So we all put our Our pieces in there. Yes. And we're gonna go back to. um, Let's go back to Twenty One Jump Street. Oh my god! You know. Young, fresh face, Roger Cross, you know, <laughs> beating Peter DeLuise and <laughs> stars in his eyes. You have a minute to give yourself some advice from the future. So your option is to give yourself some advice, or not to say anything at all, because that's an option too. Yeah,
1: honestly, don't say anything at all. Yeah, because oh, it would change everything. You know, yeah. you need to stumble. You need to go through these learning experiences, or else it's not yours. Yeah, you know, as we have kids, right? We both have kids, and it's kind of <laughs> like you don't want them to. You know, fail at anything, but you know what? They need to fail to succeed.
0: They don't listen, they anyways. Need, Sorry, that's yeah. my. It's ah, my, but they need that's to my stu- personal
1: life bleeding through. But, but she true. never listens. But, but they need to stumble. Also, <laughs> yeah. they go, "Oh my God, that actually does hurt. I don't want to do that." Yeah. And so they need to go through those and get the bumps and bruises and look, get the knocks and actually earn that position, that right earn that yeah and i think that that's that's a big thing so i i'd, I'd rather you know i mean there might be some minute things i'd say you take know, the bridge whatever i <laughs> know because then i wouldn't wouldn't be here oh
0: yeah that's true i
1: wouldn't be here but you're not
0: right? gonna you're not gonna do that again if you're presented with an opportunity and you're like gotta get to the other side there's a bridge and some stepping stones and moss uh-huh. covered you're gonna take the bridge now right
1: maybe depends <laughs>
0: <laughs> it your family is like take I, the bridge I, Roger okay, I will take the bridge
1: Jesus. I've learned from my mistakes and that's another part of it learning from these mistakes yes I will take the bridge yes. but there's moments where you might go eh, let me just do this a little bit you gotta do that you gotta live life sometimes right Team
0: Gary. That's all I'm going to say. All
1: right. <laughs> He's going to love you. <laughs>
0: Roger Cross. It's been a
1: pleasure. Oh, it's been great to be here.
0: Where can our fans find you on the social media?
1: Up at The Roger Cross. You are
0: The Roger Cross. Uh, the Roger Cross. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> on. Even The Roger Cross. Uh, you know, you just,
1: The Roger Cross. <laughs> or was, the Roger Cross. But I didn't want to say it like that. That's okay. a little... Yeah, and when I, anyways, we'll get into that. But the Roger were you about Cross, to
0: give me a note about the way I say the Roger Cross? No, it's because okay. I was
1: gonna say that I, I didn't want to be whatever when I got it because Roger Cross was taken, so I got the Roger Cross. Yeah, and so you were like
0: the only Roger Cross, the
1: the one and only. That's what I should have put. The, the one, one and, and only, only Roger Cross. All, that would have been a little over the top, but I thought the Roger Cross was enough. Yeah, and so yeah, that's where you'll find me on Instagram and on Twitter.
0: On yes. the Twitter. All right. On the Twitter. Thank you. Thank you. All right, to our fans, I thank you as well. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review if you are so inclined. They help us find even more listeners. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at yvr screen scene. The yvr screen scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Furminger, and it's produced and edited by thank you by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for recording our Patreon ad and to Tyson Braddock and Paul Furminger. We are family business for technical support. And to Dane Notferminger-Devalet for the original music. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut.